Nick Carboni of WCNC joins us to talk about the latest update on LaMelo Ball. We discuss all of it on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. That includes YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Nick Carboni of WCNC joining us. It's been a while, Nick. Are you ready to get back in the swing of things now that the Hornets season? is kind of over and already and also beginning at the same time <laughs> perfect timing guys thanks yeah. for the invite yeah no problem what a day to land on yeah absolutely yeah we've got some we've got some updates on Lamelo. we're gonna get to also have some stats doug called himself a genius before we actually started the show so he's got some stats he's happy to share with you later on as well but let's get to the Lamelo situation because we did see Lamelo go out with one minute and 34 seconds left in the fourth quarter against the indiana pacers and then there was the update that the x-ray was negative for LaMelo. Now, he's not going to play against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Do not know when he's going to come back. We're we're now hearing the same stuff from the first time LaMelo got injured when Steve Clifford says, I don't know when he's going to come back. So, Nick, what do you think of this situation? And and, and I'll, I'll phrase it to you this way. I'm going to give you a, a, te- a fill-in-the-blank type of way to answer this. So, <laughs> losing... Losing LaMelo for any length of time is most disappointing because blank. What's the word you got for us? What is the feeling you have for us? I I would say the feeling is because he looked so good. Uh, It was fun to watch him bounce around Spectrum Center again. I know he, you know, came back on the road, but I mean, he's just, his presence alone made that team better. Uh, Especially offensively, obviously he played with the pace that they want and they need to play with. He scored 26 points. He shot the ball well. I know the results in the first two games were a little mixed as he came back in, in terms of shooting, but you know he he just see he appeared to kind of find his rhythm, find his groove offensively, was getting everybody involved as you know you would expect. And you thought, okay, it was a rough stretch without him for 13 games, but maybe this team can kind of get back on its feet, get a couple of other guys back, and make a run to kind of dig themselves out of this hole. So to have him go down with a very similar injury um, is is rough because he looks so good. I mean, he he he's obviously the guy they've been waiting for to come back. I mean, he is their savior, and he went down again. So it, it was tough because he looked so good. All right, Doug, I'm going to go, and then you give me your fill in the blank. I'm going to go with because it's still tank inducing. I I don't know if if one game is what he's going to miss after the first thirteen he missed. I don't know if it's going to be five. Steve Clifford, the Hornets, they can't tell us, I guess, unless you know, and, and, until they know from the training staff. Steve Clifford doesn't know what to say to us, and I believe him when he says he doesn't know whether that's a problem or not. I believe him when he says that. Man, I think now you look at Lamelo. Missing, let's say, I, let's just call it a maybe handful is too much, but maybe he misses a couple because we do know he's going to miss tonight against Cleveland. So if that happens, we're already talking about Lamelo. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I just love your distinction between a handful and a couple. What? <laughs> five, five to like, two. Five to two. I get it. 
I'm with yeah, you. A handful. Thank you, I didn't Nick. know. I didn't know. I didn't know that Sorry, a handful. Yeah, I didn't know that a handful it. was five. I mean, a couple can be two, but sometimes you say a couple and you mean more than two. Well, and sometimes I, you say no, a handful a and you mean more than five. That's a couple of two, three. Oh, I got you. So yeah, no. Doug is a genius, but he can't count between five and two. He doesn't know those numbers. But well, thank is, you. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. Are we sure that like everyone interprets a handful as five? I, don't I think, think so. so. Honestly, I would I'm, say a handful is normally five, but I would agree. four is acceptable. Well, see, I think you guys three. are confusing the number of fingers on one's hand with a handful. Like I can hold. I think society has gotten I'm gonna that hold, right. I'm going to hold five <laughs> things in my hand. Look, one. This is a pen, a book. I got okay. a phone. Oh yeah. Okay. Now, now you can you get a book. Get a book. Nobody's holding Game a book with controller. one hand. All right. That's no, four. Nobody. Nobody. That's well, that's four. actually it's getting, pretty. It's getting, you're, you guys are actually right. It's getting pretty. Four. Yeah. I know. Here's a cable. Five. Okay. That's five. That's five. And here's right, a coffee cup. What else? Do you, no, right, you don't. See? Don't spill I've the got coffee. Six things in my hand. Is there yeah. coffee in that? Okay. Fine. Well, if there's anywhere from six to two, or two and a half, or three, or a couple of then LaMelo is already, I mean, his chances of making an all-star game are already kind of gone, in my opinion. I mean, I, I don't know how many he's going to miss, right? We just went down that rabbit hole. But I think it's going to be really tough now for LaMelo Ball to make an all-star team. There's not a lot to look forward to as it stands currently, especially with no Gordon, especially with Cody. No Cody, because that, that's still happening, right? Like, not only is LaMelo going to miss however much amount of time, but we still have other injuries that we're waiting for. We don't know about Dennis Smith Jr., I believe, as of right now. So that that's the reason for me. I, I think it's still tank-inducing. Doug, what is your fill in the blank? Losing LaMelo for any length of time is most disappointing because – this was supposed to be a special year for LaMelo. This was supposed to be the beginning of a leap. Like he's already made an all-star game, so he didn't need to get, you know, to that milestone. But I mean, we were having discussions in our off-season programming about what LaMelo needed to do, the small adjustments that he needed to make in order to get his game to all NBA level. And even if he misses a little bit of time, it just feels like this season has come off the rails a little bit. And, you know, to, to get to the all-NBA level, it's not just a singular kind of thing. I mean, it does take, you know, I think a full-team effort to get a player to that all-NBA level, especially a player like LaMelo, who really exists to facilitate for others. Um, if this team is not successful at the end of the year, it's going to be more difficult for him to be successful individually. And and that's that's why it's most disappointing for me. And I think it's why it's disappointing for a lot of fans who are really expecting to watch LaMelo begin his ascent towards superstardom. And it all feels delayed now. Yeah, it does. And, and now when you wanted to see him possibly even flirt with an all NBA spot. I mean, I don't, I don't know if anybody would have put money that he was going to make that this year, but that was certainly something that was on the table. You see breakouts all the time. I mean, you, you could see that now. I don't know what the Charlotte John Moran. I mean, that's what, that was the sort of the, the, the one player that I thought, you know, okay, that's, that feels like, you know, maybe, maybe not quite that, that LaMelo could quite get to that level, but like, you know, the John Morant was, was sort of the, the stretch goal. For this well, season. and Nick, before we move on to the next segment, I did want to ask you because I've seen you kind of talk about the injury and the amount of time that LaMelo missed. You weren't really as surprised that he missed a full month's worth of time, if you will. Um, you know, what, what was your take on LaMelo, the amount of time he missed, when they brought him back, and just the whole timetable that LaMelo suffered there? Yeah, I mean, I know when he, when he had the first injury in the preseason, everybody kind of gravitates towards, you know, the, the Twitter doctors and that kind of community 
And I, I there's some very smart people out there and they, they put numbers on it. They put, you know, precedent on it. Um, and everybody started doing kind of the calculations in their head. Well, okay, there's a week left in the preseason and then there's this many games and okay, he'll miss five games. And I think everybody kind of just went with that. I'm not sure we ever heard the team put any real specific timeline on oh, it we at did all, it, yeah. especially as time went on. And with a superstar player guiding a team that is, you know, mediocre at best coming into the season, I just didn't think that the Hornets nor LaMelo were going to rush back into it just because it was a handful of games. I mean, they kind of rushed back into it after 13 games because the injuries had piled up so much, and I think he was close, and they figured, okay, why don't we just give this give this a go now? But I wasn't surprised. I mean, anytime uh, an, an NBA star caliber player uh, sits out with an injury a little longer than, you know, you might previously think based on what the injury is, I'm not surprised. And, and LaMelo is, is kind of there right now. I mean, he's an all-star player. He's a franchise player. Uh, there was there was always a feeling that they were going to all err on the side of caution rather than come back too early. And that's what kind of concerns me, you know, team-wise about this injury. Because if you, not, not to be one of those Twitter doctors, I am certainly not a doctor. But if you look at those injuries side by side, this one looked worse. Uh, oh, yeah. the, they, at least the immediate pain looked worse. The way the ankle rolled looked worse. Um, Steve Clifford did say something interesting on Thursday when we were there. He said that, and he really has tried to stay out of, you know, talk of return and, and timeline and things like that. But he did offer up that he that LaMelo put so much work into coming back the first time that hopefully that would help come back the second time, you know, without really knowing, you know, if this is a complete re-aggravation or a completely new injury, you know, I'm not sure how much stock I really put into, you know, how much <laughs> the first portion right. of rehab assists coming back the second time. Um, but, you know, I, I'd be, you know, I'm hopeful that he comes back before missing 13 more games, but also what is this team offering up in terms of incentive to come back the way they played without him? I mean, you have a team that, you know, plays 200 ball basically without him, you know, it's, it's not like he's going to be really, especially after this first time trying to rush back again. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting when Steve said that too. I, I don't know if all of the work is still there, you know, before and the injury. And then when it happens again, because you're right, it did look really painful. That was part of the problem watching LaMelo exit the game. All right. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We're going to debut a new segment with Nick. What did we learn this week? We'll talk about something, whether it be statistically, narratively. We'll get to what we thought we learned this week about the Charlotte Hornets. Did want to tell you guys, though, that this episode is brought to you by Masterclass. What is Masterclass? Masterclass is accessible on your phone, web, or smart TV, offering classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class instructors at the top of their fields. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons, usually around 10 minutes long, and members can explore at their own pace. And each class is supported by downloadable materials, class guides, recipes, or more. You can find all available classes 
at masterclass.com. Hundreds of video lessons from 180 plus of today's most brilliant minds are available anytime, anywhere on iOS, Android, desktop, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and Roku. An annual membership starts at about $180 per year. I highly recommend you check it out this holiday. Give one annual membership and get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash locked on today. That's masterclass.com slash locked on terms apply. What did we learn this week? We'll discuss that next on Locked On Hornets. Is Locked On Hornets. They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot <laughs> wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. Make your next listen Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. So what did you learn this week, Nick, when you go back and see the despair of the LaMelo injury? You did have a victory this week, mind you. There was one positive sign that they got the win. Um, You can choose to focus on that if you want, or you can look at something else. What would you say you learned this week? I learned this week what many Charlotte NBA fans have known for a long time, and that is that this team has horrendous luck. You get your star player, (laughs) your aforementioned savior, your franchise guy, an all-star point guard back who makes everything feel good and everything feel better and covers up for a lot. And he goes down with largely the same injury because what? Because he stepped awkwardly on a fan's foot courtside. Just get out of the way! Just get out of the way! (laughs) Lean back, man. Lift your feet up, whatever you need to do. I mean, yeah, luckily that guy hasn't run into a Bartman situation yet as far as I know. Um, But... Yeah, I've learned that this particular Hornets team has horrendous luck, and I know that a lot of people watching are like, Nick, where you been for the last couple of decades? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, that's somebody. Yeah, What did we learn in our lifetime? That's the segment for a lot of listeners that are watching this right now. Doug, what did you learn this week? Well, this is going to seem kind of obvious to most people that have been watching the Hornets since they drafted LaMelo Ball, but I've got a little addendum on the end to make it a little bit more interesting. But here we go. LaMelo Ball made the offense better. Okay, taking a look at the games before LaMelo came back, the offense was rated 28th in the league, offensive rating. It goes to 16th once LaMelo comes back. Effective field goal percentage goes from 28th in the league to 16th in the league when LaMelo comes back. And the pace, which they've been putting a focus on, Clifford has been putting a focus, like I'm, I'm going to you know, raise the pace of this team or keep the pace where it was last season. Well, before LaMelo came back, they were 16th in the league, so slightly below average. They go to 10th once LaMelo comes back. And, and you know, it passes the eye test, too. LaMelo was constantly pushing it, especially off makes, which is something that the Hornets have not done, uh, especially, uh, have not been particularly great at uh, before LaMelo came back, pushing it after makes. Uh, mostly they've been generating their transition offense off steals. So LaMelo made them faster and made them better on offense. 
But uh, but I also learned that there's still work to do. I mean, if you look at the pick and roll ball handler numbers, which is something the Hornets run a lot of, they were 11th in frequency in the league at 17%, 17% of their offense, which is a, a large chunk when you think of all the different kinds of plays you can run as an NBA team. They were dead last in points per possession at .73 with and without LaMelo. Uh, but, but LaMelo ball in those three games, points per possession was .56. That's like sort of in the bottom percentile among guards in the league on 40% of his plays. Small sample size, yes, but there's still work to do on the offense. You know, And this is kind of what I wanted to talk about, which is it's coming into this season when they, when they rehired Steve Clifford, I think a lot of fans were concerned, okay, this was a high-octane, high-powered offense. What does that mean when we bring Steve Clifford in? And what I've learned is that, like, I think even if LaMelo had been fully healthy, we might be having some questions about where the offense is, um, e- even if LaMelo was healthy. Yeah, I'm going to go with that the defense is getting worse and maybe even expectedly worse. So I think we learned that this week. If you go to where the Hornets rank in defensive efficiency right now, they're actually 21st in the league. But if you go back just one week ago and look at the numbers, I believe they were 13th. So they fell eight spots, and that's because they're allowing a lot of points. If you look at the last few games that the Hornets have played at this moment, you see that they allowed 125 to Indiana. was not very good. They allowed 105 to Orlando, but 132 to Miami, 117 the first time around against Miami. So all of that happening within the last week, it brought them down to 21st in defensive efficiency. You lose Dennis Smith Jr., that's certainly going to hurt you. You still don't have Cody Martin, which has been true this entire season, barring the one minute that he debuted in the San Antonio Spurs debut for the entire team. So I think that's something that I learned this week. Now, among all the three things, Nick, so when we talk about defensive efficiency, you discuss that this team is really unlucky, and then you heard Doug kind of give you some stats right there. Is there anything that you think can go in the Hornets' favor going forward? Can we get some better luck? Can can you know the Can the Hornets get better defensively? Is there anything that you think has a good shot at getting better? Or unfortunately, do you think this is what the true Hornets are going to be this year? Well, I don't think it, I, it's tough to know who the true Hornets are when the, the players that they mm-hmm. count on and should, should be able to count on are just not in the lineup. And you mentioned two of them right there and in Cody Martin um, and Dennis Smith Jr. Who's just been great this year for them when healthy and then Gordon Hayward. I mean, leaving that game with a, a, shoulder soreness I I guess it's a contusion now and again not being available so things could go right if even though LaMelo is out they can get Dennis Smith Jr. and Gordon Hayward and maybe eventually Cody Martin although that's obviously going to be a little bit of a longer lasting thing Um, if they can get those guys back they can stem some of the tide uh, and, and bandage some of those issues especially defensively um offensively it's just not going to be as good ever if Lamelo is not in the lineup i mean i think we yeah. for sure have learned that but if they can get those guys back and some semblance of what this team was supposed to look like can play together at the same time they can stabilize this a little bit but how much it's going to help at this point and how much time Lamelo is going to miss anyway uh, is going to have a lot to do with that so yeah it, it's, it's got to get those guys back Yeah, and we'll see if they can sooner rather than later. They won't have those guys back tonight, though, against Cleveland. Let's take a look to see if they can get back on the right track soon, though. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. 
take a look at the Cleveland Cavaliers who are sliding. How about a five-game losing streak for Cleveland? We'll get into some of the reason why and discuss if the Hornets have a shot. This episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer, esports. They've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, they got you covered on those as well. BetOnline, they're always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Cleveland preview coming up next. Locked on Hornets. Is locked on Hornets. Walker, sometimes you don't have to have the best package. Okay. Sometimes you just have to have the only package. If you wait, or this is uh, if my dating life uh, taught me anything, sometimes you just have to wait around long enough until you're the only thing remaining. And then suddenly, you look pretty great in comparison. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I love the I love the hope, the promise that Nick Carboni was selling in that last segment at, at for well, this season. I love it. I love it. I just don't believe it. And I'll, and I'll tell you why I don't believe it. And this is going to make fans who are really, you know, hoping for Victor, hoping for Scoot, hoping for something in the in this next draft. I'm going to give them something uh, to be happy about because I, I look back all the way at the preseason when they were missing Gordon, they were missing Cody, then they added PJ to that list, and then they added DSJ to that list of, of players they were missing in the preseason. And they have really not at any point under Steve Clifford had a full deck of cards to really figure out what this offense can do. And, and it's, it's amazing what he's been able to do with them defensively with all of those players being in and out. But I even th- if you snapped your fingers right now and brought everybody back to full health, because of the way the NBA season works, where you get so few days to really sit back, practice, install new things, figure out stuff, I just really question if this team is capable of getting to a, a level such that they could compete for a play-in spot, they could compete for a playoff spot, they could compete at all at this point. I just have serious questions about that because you've got no go-to ISO players. You've got nothing that any release valves on this team. I was looking at this stat too in terms of isolation plays, okay? They've got two, only two players on this team that have qualified to even measure isolation plays. That's Terry Rozier and PJ Washington, and both of those players rank near the bottom of the league in isolation plays. There's just no release valve. There's no way to get this offense humming uh, unless you've got like like full team buy-in, and you've got some solid strategy, and they just had too many players out for too long, I think, to figure that out this season. Yeah, it's a, you bring the ISO stats. I think are kind of interesting. One because you would expect Terry to be a lot better at the beginning of the season. PJ was playing a lot better ISO, and then you started to see. Uh, PJ inconsistent again, and it probably was just too much all at once while all these other guys were kind of out. LaMelo Ball comes in, and the ISO stats for him, he's shooting a lot of threes, right? He's not taking guys off of the dribble nearly as much and trying to get into the paint. This last game against Indiana, we saw the runner working, and that was fantastic. I think that goes back to Nick's first point about how it's so disappointing because he looked really good. Indiana, man. I mean, he kills the Pacers, and that was true this most recent game. The other ISO guy is Gordon, where he's probably not getting to the basket and dunking on you, 
but he's getting to a mid-range game and he's still an efficient basketball player when he's shooting. Now there's a couple bad games from him, but we do know that this is a guy that does help the Charlotte Hornets. So I think that was interesting. You bring that up, just some of the ISO stats there for all of the Charlotte Hornets. Let's take a look at this Cleveland game. They are losing five games in a row coming into this one against the Hornets. Um, Kind of surprising there. Now, if you look they are suffering an injury themselves. J- uh, Jarrett Allen, he was a part of the first three losses in this five-game losing streak, but he has missed the last two games. Nick, I know he's questionable tonight. That would be pretty big for the Hornets, to be honest with you, if Jared Allen didn't play, because Jared Allen is an absolute monster against the Hornets. He is one of those guys that yeah. kills him every single time. He is nightmare fuel against them. He's got an <laughs> illness. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are clearly ill for the last handful of games, but unfortunately the Hornets right now are your get-right game. They're the, the kind of medicine that you see on the schedule after a five-game slide and and want to take advantage of. I have every you know belief that the Cavaliers will do that tonight with everything that the Hornets are missing and the, the way they have been playing um, without their key players. I mean, it was admir- admirable the first six games for this Charlotte Hornets team to play sound basketball and to be, you know, good on both ends of the floor. And that was a testament to Steve Clifford and the group of guys out there. But they ran out of steam without LaMelo and Gordon and Cody uh, and now Dennis Smith Jr. a long time ago. And it just seems to be regressing every single game that they don't have those guys on the floor. So are the Cavs a little banged up uh, record-wise recently and, and in the middle? Yes, but I still have every belief that uh, they will they yeah. will take care of the Charlotte Hornets tonight comfortably. Well, and, and Darius Garland came back from injury earlier. My optimism is gone, thanks to Doug. Uh, okay, no, we needed to <laughs> squeeze it out of you. We needed to do that as much as we possibly could. I just wanted to look up the stats for Jared Allen amongst the Cavaliers and his stats against the Hornets. The last three games, um, 24 points, or excuse me, yeah, 24 points, 29 points, 18 rebounds 16 22 and 11 he's averaging about 23 and 18 rebounds right now against the charlotte hornets something to that effect and he's also shooting um 70 or yeah 70 percent. so pretty good is uh jared allen against the charlotte hornets we'll see if he's able to go tonight what do you I think, think this of could the be ma- the beginning sorry i think this could no, be the good. beginning of, of a donovan mitchell versus charlotte hornets in the eastern conference uh, run. I, I feel like he's probably got a little something for Charlotte tonight. Well, that that's another disappointing part about the Lamelo thing. It'd be so fun to have player rivalries. We're, we're yep. trying to get this thing going with Trey Young, but that fell flat in the last play-in game. You know, even the regular season games, okay, but it's all about playoff moments. You would like to see that with Tyrese, and and it was a great matchup between Lamelo and Tyrese Halliburton. But Pacers start to pull away, and Lamelo leaves the game with injury. You'd love to see it with Donovan. You know, could could Lamelo actually beat the player that Hornets fans were so upset that slipped from their grasp the first time Steve Clifford was here, and instead it was Malik Monk. Donovan Mitchell goes to the Jazz and becomes a perennial All Star. Yeah, that's a great point. What, what do you think about this matchup with the Cleveland Cavaliers, Doug? Well, somebody's got to get into Donovan Mitchell's ear and remind him that Steve Clifford wanted Donovan Mitchell, not Malik Monk, and and Rich Cho is gone. Uh, so you know, let's let's let Donovan know that it's not Steve's fault. So don't take get the chip off your shoulder. Don't take it out on Stevie. Stevie wanted you, Donovan. Um, so uh, that's number one. I think that's a key to the game. Got to get in Donovan's ear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 I think the other things are, look, I mean, you know, over this five-game losing streak for Cleveland, it's been all about defense. They've been the 
absolute worst defensive team over the past five games uh, in the association. Uh, and so uh, the Hornets' offensive problems may be somewhat offset by that. You know, I think I keep repeating it, but three-point shooting is going to be big. I mean, the Hornets still have shooters in theory on the floor. On paper, they've got shooters still on the floor, uh, but are they going to step up and knock down shots? Kelly Oubre, Terry Rozier will be big in this one. Um, P.J. Washington. Uh, do we see a return of Mason of Point Plumley now that uh, Lamelo is going to be out for a few yes. games? Do we get do we get more uh, transition breaks run by Mason Plumley, spin moves, all, all of that sort of thing? Uh, so you know, I think I think it'll be interesting uh, to see these two teams face off because Cleveland is if they lo- if Cleveland loses this game. It's like apocalyptic, right? I mean, people, they're going to be all over, you know, national media is going to be saying this Cleveland team's a joke. Well, get ready. I mean, <laughs> if they lose this game, like, you know, oh, well, for Cleveland, I thought you were talking about for the Charlotte Hornets. I was like, what do you mean if we lose this? It's already apocalyptic. They don't even talk about the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? No, oh, yes. Uh, I, I know Nick put that that photo out for Twitter last night, but it was, uh, this is the end or what was oh. the movie on Netflix? Yes. That was yeah. the Twitter thing, the, but it don't did, look up. Yeah. It was the end up. scene of don't look up. Yeah. Um, that was yeah. more about Twitter ending, right. but, uh, yeah, you could probably appropriate <laughs> for this. We, we could apply it to Charlotte Hornets, Twitter, not just the entirety of uh Twitter. And, and real quickly, last thing for me, key to the game, you brought up Terry Rozier is going to be important. I think so from a facilitating standpoint. I mean, think about, yes, the Hornets have been without ball handlers really the entire season, but Dennis Smith Jr. playing so well early on actually kind of erased the doubt you might have had at first. He became so good, and he really helped out. But now, you know, if there's no DSJ, and I we don't have a, a confirmed outing from him right i mean he's doubtful. Is he still D- yeah. DSJ, is he both dsj okay, and yeah. gordon are doubtful so right. they've they've entered the but again for the hornets right. that means outful yeah <laughs> out for right. the full game they're not. so <laughs> so with no dsj no lamello i mean cody martin has always kind of been there break glass gotta let go Teo's a good one. Yeah, Teo's a, is somebody to bring up. Could for be sure. an X. And, and could he, be an X factor. Actually, I was I was looking at this. This could be an interest, a really interesting game. Okay, because uh, in terms of where they shoot uh, offensively for Cleveland and and how the Hornets defend, so Cleveland offense ranked tenth in in rim accuracy, and they're great. They're a great three point shooting team. But the Charlotte Hornets this season have been able to defend really well at the rim. They're ranked eighth in the league in rim uh, accuracy defense, and and they defend the three-point shot really well. Fourth in the league defending all three-point shots, all those stats according to Cleaning the Glass. So you've got a little bit of like an unstoppable offense versus a defense that loves to stop. So uh, this could be really interesting. Yeah, it could, hopefully, yeah, it, it'd be nice. Teo, Terry, backcourt, love it. Hopefully, let's let's embrace the chaos and let's see what they can do tonight against Cleveland. That's Nick Carboni. Check him out on Twitter at Nick Carboni WCNC. Also check him out for sports updates on again WCNC. That's Doug Branson. Check his work out on his Substack. Every Hornets box score. 
everyhornetsboxscore.com. And uh, you can check me out on WFNZ from 12 to 3. I'm also going to be doing the post-game coverage tonight for 92.7 FM. Thanks for making us your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend. We'll be back to recap it all on Monday.